The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the State of the Xbox Empire. Joining me is, of course, as always, the one and only Mr. Donnie Reese. Donnie, welcome back. Greetings, Kooplings. What's going on, Nathan? Uh, you Boy, know. I'm as excited as I rip off the, the <laughs> label to my Jack Daniels with my teeth. <laughs> you really Let's want to get in that bottle. It's awesome. Uh, you know, this is going to be a big show. So big that, you know, we had to actually expand it a little bit. Do a little bit of an expansion, if you will. And, and to do here. so, welcome one Mr. Luke Lore. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you, buddy. Uh, of course, Luke, you are on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that is a, a solo show I started after uh, a great, fantastic year on the Xbox Drive, which is another great show for Xbox fans. Uh, and so Xbox Expansion Pass on all of your kind of favorite podcast services. But it's a it's a show where we talk about kind of the goings-on in the Gamerverse and just how what's going on in the Gamerverse affects the Xbox ecosystem. So what does Stadia impact with Microsoft, with xCloud? How does PlayStation 5 factor into Scarlet? Uh, that's what XEP uh, aims to do each week, and I hope you guys are uh, willing to check it out. Yeah, very good very good show. I recommend all our listeners to go check out XEP, Xbox Expansion Pass. Um, and before we get too farther, since we last recorded, uh, I did do my Extra Life campaign, so I want to thank everybody that hopped onto the stream, that came by, that said hello, that donated. Um, if you wanted to still go check some stuff out on there, it is still live. This, the URL is psbg.blog slash extra life for the kids. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. This is a big show because for a long time we've, we've had these inside Xboxes and we've had EXOs mm-hmm. before. Today we had the EXO 19 inside Xbox presentation, which I'm going to tip my hand right now and just lead into it by saying this was the best inside Xbox they've done so far. What do you guys think? Without question, without question, in my opinion, it's a blown. I mean, this was an E3 level an E3 worthy level of presentation in terms of announcements and even, you know, even so obviously we're, we're, we're customers, we're consumers of the product. So we are really here for the games and we want the announcements. That's what we've always, I think that's basically what everybody usually says for all of these things, directs, connects, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Even outside of what they announced today, I loved the pace and the style to which they did it. Even when they did stop to take a moment, it was focused. It was it was brief, and it seemed like it really had like clear direction. And that's the thing that has lost me with inside Xbox shows. The one I I infamously keep bringing up is when they talked about NBA 2K19 <laughs> to the person who sounded like he'd never played the game before. You know, like it it's that. That's the thing. This was on brand. It was on point. It kept going. It kept moving. And uh, it really made it an entertaining watch. If you didn't watch it, if you just read a blog about it, you should go watch it. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. 
I fully agree with Donnie. I think it comes down to something that we've seen Xbox stumble in the, the beginning of this generation and then really just work their way towards, you know, th- this kind of great show we had. And it comes down to messaging. You've got to message your product and what you're hoping to show your consumer, your customer, your gamer uh, on every single front. And I thought throughout XO19, they did that on the Game Pass front, on the exclusive front, on the Xbox Game Studio front, on the services. Uh, the only thing they really didn't touch on too much was hardware. And that's because halfway through this generation they redid their hardware and now it's time to focus on those other things so i thought they nailed it Mm -hmm. and for me like just like you said the pacing was fantastic it was crisp uh it kept on going there was only one spot we'll get to this later that i felt like there was a bit of a pause or a halt um whereas in the past they've kind of had a few of those so let's just dive right in this started luke with a a fallen a Jedi Fallen Order commercial that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I'm so pumped for tomorrow as we record this. Uh, Jedi mm-hmm. Fallen Order is coming out. Uh, what did you think of starting out jumping in in Jedi Fallen Order? I was I was very glad because there were actually two Jedi Fallen Order trailers that kind of showed at the beginning of this show, kind of within within three four minutes of each other. And the first was this live action one that was meant to evoke emotion in a lot of like I think nostalgic uh, players and just look back and it was a father looking at his daughter pretending to be in the Star Wars universe. And we've seen multiple games do that where they kind of play this real world aspect into fantasy. Uh, and it got me right in the feels, very nostalgic for Star Wars. And then to follow up and remind gamers again, like, hey, it's not just that we have Star Wars. It's that we have Star Wars and Xbox. Here's Fallen Order on our system. I'm glad to see they got that marketing deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we, we knew that prior, but to see it kind of reiterated ahead of launch uh, is reassuring because we're seeing Microsoft spend the dollars uh, to get the third parties in outside of just their game studios to to sell their product. And it's like they're, this is it feels like an, a reinvigorated or new Microsoft pushing into next gen. Absolutely. And it was nice to see Stig on the stage, you know, talking yes. about it a little bit. It was really cool to see him. Uh, Donnie, any thoughts of starting out with Star Wars? No, I thought it was a nice little play on, on nostalgic. It was a nice way to open the show. That was good. You guys covered it. I think, Donnie, what was more enticing for you was the second thing that they showed. So, Rare came out, they showed their new IP, Everwild. To me, this kind of looked like, when I first looked at it, like a Breath of the Wild aesthetic. Yep. So, Donnie, toss it to you. What'd you think of this? Hashtag Donnie game. (laughs) Um, I've got some concerns, or not concerns, I just, like any good reveal, I I have a lot of questions. I want to know a lot more. Uh, Is it an action-adventure game? Is it multiplayer-focused? You know, it's Rare, we're just coming off Sea of Thieves, in the... In the in the trailer, it looked like it was multiplayer, but we don't know. It could just be, you know, you could be moving as a party or something like that. So that was my first, my immediate reaction was, can I play it single player? Mm-hmm. Or do I have to play with friends? And then uh, just kind of what kind of game it is. And there's plenty of, you know, this is early in development, so there'll be plenty of time, you know, for all of that to come out. But just at first look, yes, absolutely. Gorgeous, beautiful game, beautiful concept. Um, totally sold. My Twitter actually started lighting up. <laughs> Tony, if you see this, and I was like, yes, yes, I see it. Looks fantastic. So much better than Banjo. Take that, Jacob Rush. So much better than Banjo. Shots um, fired. All, I'm all for it. Yeah. Luke, what did you think of seeing the new IP from Rare? I didn't have strong emotional thoughts, but I also got the Breath of the Wild vibes, and that's one of the best games ever made. So, like, you know, initially you start to to think that, but it felt special, and it was really, I think, 
What was nice about it was to see that Rare is making a game that's not Sea of Thieves, but that Sea of Thieves is still being supported. And we're starting to see this idea of you have a big studio that have different teams that make different genre games. I thought that was the bigger news. It's not just that it's Everwild. It's that it's Rare making Everwild. It's not mm -hmm. being marketed out like Battletoads is to, to Delala Studios. Uh, this is Rare, and it's their team. Yeah. You know, um, the other thing I, I forgot to mention was the music it was very Ori-esque. I was getting strong Ori vibes from the music, which is fantastic. It's one of my favorite music soundtracks in a video game ever. So uh, I was really interested in, in hearing that, too. That was the other thing that I picked up. But outside of that, I, I can't wait to see more as we un, you know, unveil this game over the many years to come. Mm -hmm. And for them to start out strong with a, a new reveal of a new IP, I thought that new was IP. a really great way to set the tone and mm -hmm. set the expectation of what we were going to have for this whole conference. Um, we then went to Obsidian. Obviously, we've all been playing... Donnie, I don't know if you've been playing, but uh, Luke and I, at least, have been playing The, uh, <laughs> the Outer Worlds. Um, mm -hmm. I actually recently completed it for my, my initial run-through. Uh, but wow. they have created a game that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the game. Um, what did you think, Luke, of uh, Grounded? I thought Grounded looked very, very cool. Not a game that, like, spoke to me on a level that said, hey, you're going to play this day one. But to see, again, an Obsidian game after making Outer Worlds, they've got another IP that's going to be under the Xbox Game Studios brand was cool. But then, like, I started, as I watched the gameplay, I really did think it was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I was excited, but I was like, oh, that's, that looks kind of fun to see them building this, this base, kind of State of Decay-esque. There were things to get excited about within it, but, I mean, I didn't see that coming out of nowhere. No, I was never thinking to myself, hey, I want to be ant-sized and fight ants or mm -hmm. have a survival game. But that's kind of what we want when you say you want new IP. Uh, so I was excited by it. Yeah. So I saw that there was building going on and stuff. I kind of thought it was like, not the Battle Royale sense, but Fortnite crossed with Minecraft crossed with a bug's life. You know, that's kind of like the amalgamation I think they put into this. And I saw a massive spider there, and I was like, nope, checking out. See y'all later. Spiders and me, <laughs> even though my you know spider Jedi is my thing. Yeah, they don't. We don't. We don't get along. Donnie. Are you grounded? Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely try it out. I, it's cool that it's it's small, it's indie. Um, very interested to see how, how much. But my my son popped for this when it came up. He immediately was like, "Oh, it's a Bug's Life," you know. So it has that that kind of flavor to it. So yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. And and Donnie, you say you're gonna try it. I feel like we're gonna say a lot about a lot of these kind of second games or the second team games i feel like we're gonna say well it's in game pass i can give it a try exactly and I think that's gonna be what a lot of people do oh man that's, that's how you get them in and i know we're going to detail it all but the barrage of game pass just has me so elated it is a euphoric feeling to just feel it's like there are 100 games in my library that i don't have to buy this year because everything apparently is coming to game pass the snowball continues oh, psvg's xbox game pass podcast lives on <laughs> this 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 service is amazing it, the, the tagline should have been xo19 budget gamers rejoice they should just change the name of the company to xbox game pass <laughs> and they're like I, we don't sell xboxes we sell xbox game pass we have boxes you can play buy to play it on <laughs> we have controllers you can use to play it but we're just a game pass company when we get to that section of the show we're going to talk about which screen they're missing out on and we'll get to it one of my tweets as i was watching this was xbox game pass the best deal in gaming and it was all in caps just like this was the Game Pass show, it kind of felt like. Mm -hmm. um, but what was interesting about this title is that it's only been in development now for about a year. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, not a ton of time for them to be developing, but they're showing it already. It looks pretty competent so far. Uh, pretty, pretty cool to see. And it's going to be in game preview uh, really soon as well. So it'll be nice to see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's an Xbox flash sale. They're, they wanted to make sure that we knew this was the first time they've ever done a flash sale. So mm-hmm. just so you're aware for the next few hours, this is coming out soon, I think, Donnie, right? Are we going to launch it Friday? Tonight, the sales? No, no, the show. I'm sorry? When are we launching the show tonight? Oh, okay. When's it go live? I'm trying to multitask here. <laughs> uh, the The show should be out like as soon as I get it back from you. So okay. tonight, tomorrow, t- tomorrow morning. So as, you're like, listening as soon as we this, get it. As you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Friday, there is right now a flash sale going on. So check that out on Xbox Live. Um, then we go into the Ron Perlman game. Ooh. Donnie, what would you think of the West, West of Dead? Oh, man. All right. So it's a twin-stick roguelike shooter. Now, roguelike is not nearly my thing. You, a lot of PSVG listeners know that about me. But twin-stick shooters are, so I'll give it a try. But the art style is ultimately what's going to win me over with this. Uh, Ron Perlman of um, Sons of Anarchy fame and mm-hmm. Hellboy for for i see now i got luke nodding he's like oh yeah yeah wasn't wasn't he the uh the sheriff in stranger things isn't it no oh no okay my bad not close nope (laughs) foul foul flag on the play (laughs) um great voice but i i I really think it looks really cool so it's coming um it's coming it's coming out the xbox open beta it will hit all other consoles later so if you don't have an xbox don't feel bad you'll get a chance to play it but very very stylish it's got a great look to it it's got this ghost rider type thing um Mm. really like the look to it so again game pass looks good it's coming to game pass i like twin six shooters what's not to like Mm -hmm. obviously i'm gonna download and play it sounds like a plan does that, does that strike your fancy, Luke? It it didn't in the first few moments, and then when it the camera panned up and you started to get a, an idea of the art style, it kind of reminded me of a Telltale game mixed with Red Dead Redemption, mixed with like even a 360 game called called Wet. Like the art style just kind of meshed into all that, and then to see it was a twin stick, and then you know there like it was just very stylish, very creative. So yeah, I was in on it. It sold me pretty quickly. That that art style got me, and it wrapped me in real quick. Nice. Now, what was the Elijah Dushku game, right? I think it was. Yeah, I, think I think it was. Cool gunplay. Yeah. Uh, blockbuster days, man. I know, right? Uh, we then got an update on Sea of Thieves. Just a little thing talking about what's coming up new. They have monthly updates on that, so cool to see they're still supporting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rust is going to be coming to Xbox One in 2020. I know a lot of people on the PC side have been playing Rust for a long time. Uh I've never played it, but I guess you can have some pretty crazy adventures if you wanted to have them. Uh, does this strike you guys at all? Like, have you played Rust? Do you want to play Rust? No, it's on Xbox. I've heard of it, and nothing, nothing outside of just like a, I don't know, like a curious fancy. Am I really like looking forward to it? I'm sometime like, dude, I've played a lot of games of Game Pass. I played a deer hunting game for the Game Pass, <laughs> and it was actually really good. So, you know, like, I'm sure if it's there, I may give it a try, but um, not particularly, no. All right. I, I fall in that same camp with respect to the game and those who, who enjoy it. It just wasn't something that has really been on my radar before. Mm-hmm. So, it, more power to them. Yeah. That's, that's a game that if it's on Game Pass, I might check it out, but it's just, you know, not going to be taking a lot of my gaming time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will definitely try out Kart Rider when it comes out. Now, Donnie... You are a big kart racer fanatic, I'll call it. You're probably the resident PSVG kart fan. Oh, really? Say? I would think so. The I, kart I will, racer. I will, I will take that, but I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think Kevin 
and other people are gonna are gonna let that go <laughs> finally. But I do love me a great cart uh, cart racer, and Cart Rider Drift looks fantastic. Reminds me a lot of the Mod Nation Racers game that I've seen before. Now this one's interesting because. Uh, I was watching it. It looked really, really good when they were showing it on, on TV. And then when, like when they started the capture, it didn't look as good. But I think it was just my stream maybe at the time. Mm. But I was watching it with my son. He thought it looked cool too. Um, I like the boost. But it, it seems to be extremely focused on competitive play. Yeah. Right? It's like an eSports thing. It's real big in Korea. Mm-hmm. So that might throw me out of it. Because it's typically not why I'm there for for kart racers. I like kart racers because I want to like shoot rockets and blow up boxes and find hidden tomes and trophies and things across the the little land. So, um, but I'm absolutely playing this game regardless for sure. I'm definitely going to give it a try because I play. I've played most every kart racer that's come across my path actually. So yeah. Luke, how are you with kart racers? I'm. I dig them. I think they're great. Mario Kart 8 is one of the best racing games of all time. It is among the elites, I feel. But when I saw Kart Rider, my first initial reaction was like, eh, okay, maybe they're trying to appeal to a different group. And as I, as I learned about it, I know I own like research separate from the show and then listen to the show, it struck me as that they are, they are working to, and this is something I'll talk on about on XCP soon, is they are working to identify different demographic and geographic uh, places that they need to get to, that they need to get their market to. They want to market to new people and different people. Because I'm looking at it, I'm like, this doesn't seem like this would do too well right away on its own. But then to find out it has this huge community outside of kind of North America that plays it. This it's, it is stylish. It is attractive to look at for a car racer. I mean, it's what you would expect from a car racer. And then to find out it has layers of depth to it. I think there's a lot for gamers to get into that. They may not be expecting. They might be expecting something super simple, jump in and find that, Oh no, this is a layered experience. And if it catches an audience on mixer on Twitch here, uh, in kind of this area, of uh, this dem- demographic of the world, geographic area, I'm super into it. Like that's a cool concept that it's po- that it's potential. Mm-hmm. And that will start in closed beta on December 5th, and it will have keyboard support. So for those of you who want to play keyboard and controller or vice versa, you got that. And cross-play between PC and Xbox. So some cool little stats there in that. Luke Lore, Bleeding Edge. What do you think about Bleeding Edge? Bleeding Edge. All right. So we were at E3 this past year and we looked at Bleeding Edge and we kind of were just like, "Ah, I don't I don't know. It did not appeal to me at all. But as we learn more about it, I think this is this might be something special for uh, Xbox fans, because this this title has a very interesting aesthetic kind of seems to blend into that hero shooter area. And it might be very convenient that Overwatch is kind of under fire for all of its Blizzard frustrations. And this might appeal to that demographic there that those people that are interested in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm more in on Bleeding Edge than I expected to be. I was not interested at all this past summer. And the more I see about it, the more Ninja Theory is selling me on it. It's stylish, it's fun, and it looks like it's got uh, layers of competitive play. So I'm I'm definitely going to be checking it out, and without a doubt. And I have a feeling that we might be conveniently surprised just due to the timing and marketing of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that it'll be... These hero shooter type games, or not shooters in this case, but hero games, are definitely mm-hmm. taking off right now. Apex Legends, obviously, um, and then Overwatch and Overwatch 2 coming out soon. So it'll be interesting to see how this progresses further on. But the next game was Planet Coaster. This was a cool trailer. It started out with a, like a dad and a daughter playing on the couch, and then it turned mm-hmm. into something else with like everything else happening in the background, and then just it gave me 
you could build basically Disney World and Universal Studios and all this other stuff and have this crazy stuff happening. It reminded me of Scream. Uh, was it called Scream Coaster? Scream Ride? Scream Ride, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit, but even more so, kind of tied with like a roller coaster tycoon and some other stuff in there. Uh, what do you guys think of the, the Planet Coaster game? So Planet Coaster has been out a while on Steam, right? Oh. I'm looking at it, and it's it's got really, really good reviews, like 27,000 reviews. It's like a 9 out of 10. This is wow. the Xbox Empire. Right. This is the console version. <laughs> um, I, I read IGN's review of it when it was announced after after the show ended earlier, and they gave it like an 8.5. So they seem to really, really like it. They said it's a, uh, a creative sandbox. So I think that's first and foremost what most people will get the appeal out of, and that's what my son thought when we watched it together. Um, there's... There's some lovable fun of just getting a game like that and just building like one park, even if that's all you ever do in the game, but just spending, you know, a couple hours just building your favorite roller coaster. But it also has that SimCity vibe, that Sim Park where you're you're raising an economy and taking care of people. And I love those games. I have a, a strange fascination with those games, and uh, they typically are very addictive to me. So uh, this is definitely something I'm going to jump in on. So, but I didn't get to say I didn't get to say anything about Bleeding Edge though. Oh, continue, please. And 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 I realize why I, I wouldn't because I don't typically play multiplayer games, especially this type of stuff. But having Overwatch on Switch and having since been indoctrinated to it, I'm somewhat pleasantly surprised at how much I've played it. I'm never going to call myself like a super fan or anything like a lot of the folks in it, and I'm definitely not going to play it like you play Apex. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> I'm a casual player at best. But. Having played as much Overwatch as I have recently, there's something about Bleeding Edge in the sense that it's so it's like it's like a brawler, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know it's not gun combat; it's all up close and personal. I love that stuff. You've seen me play Anthem, so I, I kind of want to play Bleeding Edge because I'm thinking that maybe it might be a good like mix for me. Maybe that's kind of like the fit. Maybe that might be the one that gets me playing this game somewhat frequently. I don't know. Probably not. But there's nothing in my gaming history that just says that it's the case. But I do love good, like, beat em up smash them, you know, thing like that. So there's something there that I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I wish I would have got in one of the betas. I'd like to get hands-on with it. Well, you could if you pre-order it. You can get in that beta. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Game Pass. That's, that's right, Game Pass. Um, so, Donnie, since you're talking, I know you're not going to nod off on me. So, uh, Don't Nod has a new game coming Ooh. out. You, you, sir, are the... The purveyor of Life is Strange, extraordinaire. Uh, they have a new game coming out. Now, tell me why I want to play it. <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to play any of the other Life is Strange, I don't know why you'd want to play it. But for us Life is Strange fans, I mean, I want to do everything that this... I want to play everything that the studio puts out. This is extremely interesting. We have a question about it, so I'll go ahead and burn this one now. Um, But before we do, tell me why is uh, all of the chapters will come out this summer. So it's not going to release like Life is Strange 2 has. It's not going to take a year and a half for you to get to play it. They're going to release all of them at launch, so you're just going to sit down and be able to play through it. It stars these two twins, and apparently you will like trigger back and forth across different memories of how they remember it happening. And then the choices that you make in the dialogue is will set like basically the reality of it and kind of set you up in the future, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the headline and the buzz around this so far is that Tyler, the male protagonist of the game is transgendered and uh, don't not has a history, you know, with, with lesbian characters and, and kind of pushing the limits in this. It's something that I, I really appreciate and love them for. Uh, I think with these, um, narrative based games they tell 
stories that aren't so like cookie cutter, they might be hard for some to, you know, to wrap their brains around. It's it's also worth pointing out. This is a, like a true to life story is what they call it. This is actually two people's story as told by them. So I think that's another cool thing is maybe this one won't be like so supernatural and stuff like some of the other, like some of people might expect when they see don't nods logo pop up on the screen. This could actually be a very grounded story. It's something else I'm very excited about guys. This is an exclusive game. Exclusive mm-hmm. to Xbox, coming to PC, but exclusive to Xbox. This is mm-hmm. this is something new, and we had a question come in. Let me throw up here Publi- for Jeremy. Published by Xbox Game Studios, right? Yes. Since okay. Don't Not is making an exclusive Xbox game, do you expect or do you think Microsoft could be acquiring Don't Not next? Has anybody given any thought to that as to how or why this has come together? Because it was it was interesting. We we made a note about it last year when Life is Strange 2 suddenly launched in a Game Pass. And we were talking about it for a while. It's like, so they seem to be real cozy. And now all of a sudden they have a, a, a published exclusive game. Could this be the uh, the budding of a new partnership possible acquisition? Could be. I mean, I haven't really given it much, much thought. But Luke, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking... I- if it is, then it's a great studio to acquire because Don't Not has a history of telling, you know, intense, powerful, emotional stories. Uh, but it might not be that at all. It could just be a second party game or just in a this partnership. particular case. And it's just a partnership. And that's just uh, how it works out. We, we also don't know if this is going to show up on other systems at some point because no longer does Xbox Game Studios mean isolated to Xbox hardware. So we might sure. see this in other places down the line, Switch or, or PlayStation 5 or 4. I mean, we don't know what their plan of marketing is, but the the on the business side, it's fascinating to see them uh, su- supporting a studio as the publisher specifically and, and not acquiring because that's what we've watched them do is scoop up studios this past uh, these past few years. And so I was encouraged to see this, particularly because Donod is just such a capable developer at telling yes. stories. Yep. Uh, one of my favorites, and I'm, I'm very excited to finish Life is Strange here in a couple of weeks. And I can't, this is, this is, I mean, we're going to answer a question later about our favorite announcements. And boy, it's going to be hard to beat this one for me because this is so in my wheelhouse. I was so excited and surprised. And that, like that mm-hmm. surprise goes into it too, because I, as much as I follow this studio, I didn't hear any rumblings or anything that they had another game. I wasn't expecting another game in the pipeline, let alone that it's coming out next summer and all of it's coming out. Imagine mm-hmm. I've been playing life is strange Two for like 18 months now. It's been, <laughs> it's been forever. <laughs> and like, or uh, Nate, are you going to ask about the, the development, like the way that they're creating and crafting this story? Cause it's such a unique tale that they're trying to, to weave here. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, go ahead and speak on that if you'd like to. Yeah, I would. I, I think it's really telling and powerful that we see Microsoft being this company that pushes accessibility with their hardware for a few years, being it with the adaptive controller, with the elite controller and, and all its modifications. We saw them kind of update hardware on a number of levels. And now they're trying to continue their games are for everyone diversity push uh, in the on the software side. I mean, Don't Nod's working with, you know, LGBTQ communities, uh, with the media. They're they're partnering with Glad to tell this story story that to my knowledge has not been told in gaming before it looks extremely painful we know a lot of uh people you know throughout the world go through kind of this, this transformation uh and, and the painful repercussions that come from it in telling this moment so i am 
very curious to see, you know, how Microsoft continues to support it. I'm very encouraged to see that they're doing this. And that story looked like, I mean, that, that like broke my heart to watch that story because it's a an issue and a, a difficulty that I think a lot of people are uninformed about, including myself. And this might bring us in on that that discussion and frustration, and it might scare some people off. And Microsoft doesn't see, they seem bullish on it. They're not worried about it. And I think that's a fantastic message to send that we're for everybody. And then there's, I, I'm just encouraged by it, I suppose, is my end point there. It yeah. takes a lot of courage to partner with something like this, knowing the feedback that you're going to get both ways. It's going to happen. Just you're taking on a difficult subject. It's going to happen. And being, like you said, being willing to take that step to provide mm -hmm. a, a unique experience to players is is rewarding in itself, let alone the game itself. And knowing Don't Nod, I'm going to love this game. I'm going to fall in love with the characters. I'm falling in love with the music. You guys have got to start listening to Life is Strange soundtrack. Whoever, I'm, I'm saying it forever, whoever pulls the music for those games, I need them like in my life, me and that person are, are simpatico because that's just fantastic stuff. Can't you find out who that is in the credits? There's a lot of people that do it. <laughs> I try. <laughs> They've got like three. It's like a table of three columns of people. Nice, <laughs> Nathan. Nathan, there's no way to know. There's, there's no, way to no, know. Way to know. <laughs> no way to know. No way to know. This is true. Uh, Donnie, since you're already on here, <laughs> let, let's talk about the next Donnie. How much game. of this presentation was like? <laughs> Donnie's favorite presentation. Like, if you could have scripted, the only thing missing here is Fable. Like, it is all of it. I was so I was so ecstatic watching this earlier. I know what you're about to say. The Artful Escape yes. is back. Yes. I've been talking about this game since E3 is 2017, mm -hmm. 2016. It's been a while. We've been, and I've been following him through all of his legal issues. And like every month or so, I check in on the development. And I'm like, where is this game? Because I love it. It finally comes back. It's coming out next year. And my rockumentary rock drama platformer trippiness and everything is happening. And from the day I saw it, I was hook, line, and sinker. And that has not changed today. It looks amazing. I, I love it. Like you take a, a, a known commodity and a side scrolling platformer, and we're just going to make it go crazy with this art style and this music and all this trippy stuff on screen. And yeah, I can't. Can't wait, man. It's like looking into a kaleidoscope. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Is this up your aisle, Luke? I have no idea which game you're talking about. So this is the one with the guitar, like the music game. <laughs> okay. All right. So to be to be full disclosure, that's how impressive this this entire presentation of XO19 was that I was like, I don't remember what game this is. It was, there were <laughs> so, so many. There were so many. Uh, it is not up my alley at all, and yet still I walked away impressed, which is something I've said a lot about a number of games throughout mm -hmm. this presentation. Not for me, but I'm giving that one a go, you know? <laughs> and so, okay, beautiful artwork. It'll be downloaded in Game Pass for me, that, that's for sure. I'll at least try it. Um, okay, so they went in and talked about xCloud here, and I want to talk about this for a little bit here. I want to kind of dissect a little bit. We have several xCloud questions. Okay, I'll, I'll cue those up for you in a minute. So as, some of the things that stood out for me as they were talking about it was there was one quote that was, we want to deliver gaming for everyone everywhere. Now, to me, Donnie, that sounds like what I want from Stadia, but I may not actually be getting because I could play it on any device, anywhere, like on a cellular signal, whatever. That's what I want, but Stadia has kind of stepped away from doing that. So to me, that quote stood out because of that very reason. There's going to be... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> There are currently over 50 games in game preview for for the X, X Cloud streaming service. There's going to be more that's going to be added. They're going to add Windows 10 in 2020 to the uh, the project, and then 
every day they're adding more uh, more devices and including controllers. So if it's a Bluetooth controller like, let's say, a DualShock 4, you prefer that stick setup for some reason, <laughs> you can actually use that uh, to, to play xCloud as well. And I don't know if that's live today for those of you that are in the Insider program with the Android uh, preview. If it is, let me know your, your thoughts. I'd be curious to understand. Um, so they've also there was another quote that this is a journey to begin the very best in game streaming. I felt like that was a shot across the bow over to Stadia as well, which is again launching very soon here. Um, another great great thing was when EA boss uh, see he was the CTO from EA Ken Moss. He came out on the stage. He was talking about how easy it was to develop. They don't have to do anything special. They said all you got to do is develop for Xbox and we can put it on the cloud. So to me, you know, talking to a developer, that's music to my ears, right? Because you don't have to do anything extra. It'll just work. Sign me up. Um, xCloud's going to have Madden available on it right now. So, Coach, Madden, <laughs> this is this stream was for you, too. And uh, there's going to be three more coming from EA in the coming months. And finally, on, on this note, then I'll pass it over to you, Donnie. Game streaming will be coming as part of Game Pass in 2020. So Game Pass games are all going to be, from from what I understand, Game Pass games are all going to be part of the service, and if you still own a game like Jedi Fallen Order, you'll still be able to play that game because you've purchased it separately. So, Donnie, give us some questions. And then, crushing, and then Luke, we're going to close it with you here with the What a crushing haymaker that this whole piece was. All right, let's start with the easy one. Coachable writes in, hi, first-time listener, long-time caller. <laughs> what do you think the best Madden game on Scorpio will be? And I'm just going to throw it in here because of the Madden announcement. Um, I'll just say this. Stadia, when they first did their first initial pitch and they talked about their their key partners and everything, EA was listed, and a lot of people were very excited because um, sports games are a big thing. And if anybody could play you know, NBA Live or Madden or FIFA on the go, that's an attractive offer. Like these games sell tons and tons and tons and people play them a lot. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been saying on the Google Stadia show for a while now. Where are the games that people like to play? I know they've got Red Dead and, and Destiny and, I'm, and that's no offense to them, but like, where's Madden? Where's NBA? Where's FIFA? Where are these games that do so well? And uh, apparently they're over on Xbox. That's where they are. It's like, they're just not here. Um, wow. Wow. What a big one. Um, but also in the questions, more apropos, Josh says, after the impressive showing of xCloud, should I honestly consider canceling my pre-order for Stadia? Let me answer that. Yes, do it. Because <laughs> I, I have the Founders Edition on pre-order right now. I've been hovering over that button to, to cancel it for the longest time just because everything's been changing on their messaging. The marketing's not been clear. It's not ready for prime time, and I don't feel like they've it's earned... It's not ready. Yeah, I don't feel like they've earned my 130 or 40 bucks yet for the hardware. So I am, Josh, going to cancel my pre-order, and I'm going to be patient and wait for xCloud to launch in all its glory because I'll have that full library of games available to me day one when it launches with Game Pass. It's going to be way better value, in my opinion, to a gamer. What do you say, Luke? I think, uh, one, it's a bad time to have a Stadia podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but but joking and silliness aside, I think unless your name is super important to you, you should go ahead and cancel your Stadia because you can always jump in later. Mm-hmm. You don't need the Founders Edition uh, for anything. They clearly don't have an, any perks unless they do some sort of like 3DS ambassador type program later on. And there's no indication to say that Google will do that. They have a, a track record of canceling things. And, and what's scary to me is that Google does a number of things extremely well. 
but this rollout of Stadia, it would just took body shot after body shot throughout XO19. And it was impressive to see the number of times they were able to get hit uh, throughout this presentation because everything xCloud was something that Stadia had promised and xCloud's doing it. Mm-hmm. They've got it in hands. I've been hands on. I've had xCloud. I've been in there since phase two of the, the rollouts. And it works. It works well. The tech is is there with room for improvement, but it's improving. And all their messaging is saying, hey, it's not ready yet, but be part of the process. You know, Phil Spencer's saying, you know, we're not ready to to go full in mass with xCloud, but here's this region. We've got more regions coming. Canada's on its way. Europe on its way. Japan's on its way. You bet their, bet your bottom dollar this Crossfire deal and Cartwriter's deal getting into Korea, that's part of trying to get into that Asian market infrastructure and net, net coding. So there's something special to that. And the idea that Game Pass will get you in as well, the value to dollar ratio is so well beyond anything Stadia has to offer right now which I think the only exclusive game they have is Guilt, which, as attractive as it is, very few games justify buying a system for or justifying $130 for. And Guilt doesn't look to be it, as good as it may or may not be. Uh, that's just There's nothing compelling to keep Stadia in your sights for the moment unless you need your name. So I would advise canceling it unless you, you absolutely want that name. And recognize also this is the state of the Xbox empire. I run an Xbox show as well, and we do have some bias there, but I think there's practical dollar-to-value time ratios there. Josh, what you're listening to is called the voice of reason. So often (laughs) over the last five or six episodes of the Google Stadia show, I feel like I have been portrayed as the villain for trying to hold Google accountable to some of these things that they're signing up for. And since E3, I've been constantly bringing up the... Hey, like there's this gorilla in the room. Xbox is coming. Like xCloud is coming. They have content. They have games. It mm. automatically works out of the box. Developers don't have to do anything for it. You can say all the 4K and Max and everything you want to. Content is what matters. And if you don't have games that people want to buy, and if, if the games you have are things they already, or they've already bought somewhere else, it's not going to matter. Now, the well, last thing, go ahead. No, 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 please finish your, your thought. The only thing that I would like to say in parting with with this is I agree with you guys. If you're not a super first person into brand new tech and you want to be there so you can tell people about it, I don't see that there's any reason to keep your pre-order. I'm going to keep my pre-order because I do really genuinely love Google products. I have Google all over my house. Nathan, you know how many Chromebooks I have. This is a <laughs> thing that I have. So uh, for, for as much as I get played as the villain, I really I want it to succeed. The, the thing that I just uh, posted on Twitter in response to somebody who's asking me a very similar question is, do know that Stadia doesn't have to dominate the gaming market to be a success. It doesn't have to be the best. Being an option, the second option, the third option can be profitable. What I've been saying for a while now with Stadia is it feels like Google just wants to be there. It doesn't really feel like they want to be the best or be the next Phil Spencer or, you know, topple Nintendo. It really just seems like they want to be an option for people, just like Google Play Music, in my opinion. It's not Spotify. It's not iTunes. But if you don't want to use those things, it's something you can do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I kind of feel like Stadia is for the time being. Uh, My recommendation to anybody looking at Stadia is to wait, wait for them to get their processes and all the things that they say they want to do out. And I don't think it'll be it might be this time next year. It might be later than that, to be quite honest. Josh, keep. Has, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to stress that, like, keep in mind, sometimes we accidentally get into these 
these echo chambers of like, you know, well, I'm this brand. I'm this brand. I need this. I mean, I'm looking at my Pixel, my Google Mesh. I'm looking around. My, I love Google for a lot of things. Yep. But I owe Stadia nothing. I owe Xbox nothing. Uh, their their job is to to entice me as the consumer, and as much as hundred thousand percent. That's what I've been telling Nathan for months now. It's on them to earn your purchase. You don't mm-hmm. owe it to them to buy it just because they've made it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes we get consumer guilt, and I understand that. But I would just stress to anybody, you know, biases aside, you have to recognize that your time is valuable and your money is valuable. Where are you willing to put it? Is it in tech for old games that are that are available on other services? Is it worth rebuying a game that you have to do through Stadia? Or do you want to get a pre-installed library or pre-accessible library that travels with you? Which all the things that xCloud has, Stadia is promising for future, but it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And, and Josh, I just want to mention, as when you started this question, when we started talking about it, I had a pre-order. And since then till now, I've canceled my pre-order. So uh, <laughs> for me, it's just it doesn't make sense because the promise of what they wanted to do initially versus what's actually going to ship here in a couple of weeks is not the same as what uh, I want out of the service. Maybe in the future I'll reevaluate it. Um, oh, yeah. But in the, give it a year. Yeah. Give it a year. Got to give it give – it, some time to grow and get some some exclusive content out there because that's really what will drive people to the Stadia platform is that exclusive content. When when your DualShock 4 works on it, when your Xbox One controller works on it, when your Stadia controller works on it, when it works on something other than the Chromecast Ultra that was shipped to you, when it does all these things and plays on your Pixel and your Android device, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're golden. exactly. But it's Speaking not of the of the DualShock, uh, Mr. Babbitt himself writes in and goes, hi, first time, long time. I have three questions. <laughs> With the DualShock 4 support coming to xCloud, what are the chances we'll see those sacred symbols instead of the ABXY when we connect to our DualShock 4 to xCloud? Now, Joe, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that there's licensing something that's going to not allow that to happen. But if I was Xbox, I would totally let that happen, let you see the the PlayStation controller, and then put a big banner on top of it that says you're playing the game wrong and just force <laughs> you to look at that the entire time. You could have the symbols, but you're constantly be reminded. I, I want to go in there. I feel like uh, they should absolutely let PlayStation's symbols be there, like joking and silliness aside, because it's part of that inclusivity initiative. But I just hope they label it uh, X button, not cross button. Oh, no, no, no. Actually really... write the word cross button so it extends <laughs> off the face of the controller. Mm. So here's going to be the, the, the precarious part is when they have someone on a, uh, a Nintendo Pro controller and they say press the A button, what button are you actually supposed to press? Yeah, they'll definitely have to, real talk, they'll have to do some remapping and some yeah. like, hey, you're on this type of controller, this means this. They'll have to address that somehow, some way. Uh, and I'm wondering if we don't get into a number system, button one, two, three, four, I wonder if we don't eventually end up at that. How how do we not have like some sort of cross-brand consortium to make folks like a, can we just adapt a, a universal controller layout? At least call the buttons the same thing so we can do this. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Is there no senator or something that's not doing anything that, like, can't get this on on a bill somewhere? I mean, these are the important things There's no senators. There's no senators doing anything anywhere, bud. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't work. It's true. Speaking of doesn't work, go on to your next question. The second question, with all the announcements for xCloud, what does Google need to do to stay competitive? Uh, That comes from Joe again, and... I said this in our Discord, and it was quite the uh, statement today. A lot of the Stadia folks did not appreciate it. Here's my here's the thing with Stadia. It has been my issue with Stadia since the beginning. 
all streaming services need a subscription because when you tell people you're going to stream something to them, the majority of people that know what streaming means think subscription. They're synonymous with each other. That's the trade-off. That's why you stream it. I will give up ownership to something to gain access to more somethings. That's the training. Stadia's got this weird thing where you're giving up ownership to something, but you still have to buy it separately in piecemeal. It's like they're never going to have their cake and eat it too. And I've been saying it since they started that they needed a Game Pass thing, and then they came out with this traditional model. And I'm going to keep saying it. They have to do they have to do a subscription with everything Xbox is doing. If they don't do a subscription, you can absolutely bet that it won't happen. Like they will go away. And that's why I said on the last Stadia show, uh, they will. Eventually they will. The market is dictating it to them. They have to get with the latest trends, the people and customer expectations. They have to come up with a subscription. Uh, until they can get until as you see Game Pass and XCloud unify until Stadia can get something to match that in terms of quantity and quality. Uh, it's not a contender. It's not nope. a real contender. It's not a contender with PlayStation now. <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to agree. But, you know, I've, I mean, we've taken a lot of shots at Stadia, but it's shots that Microsoft took during their own conference. And it, it's shots in the foot that Stadia took unto themselves. So I think we've detailed a lot of the points that, that Doe was asking about. And uh, simply put, there's no reason to think that xCloud won't deliver on its promises because of the pace that they're that they're delivering these things. They are rolling them out. They're saying, hey, this X amount of games are available at this point for these regions. We're working on this. It's not ready. We're coming to this place next. This is, and it's, and it's a, a systematic thing. It doesn't feel like it's trying to sprint right away and it's falling down along the way. Yep. Um, the last question he had was age of empires for that is all. So, uh, and, and we'll get to there in a minute. Devin wrote in with X cloud. Do you really need Scarlet? Oh, can I take this one first? Yeah. Yes. Um, no, you don't. If xCloud delivers in the way that, that people are suggesting, depending on your region and where you are and your internet capabilities and reliability, no, you don't need Scarlet. You might need uh, a high-end PC in some cases. You might need a low-end low just, just stream to xCloud on your Pixel device. The question is, how do you want to experience it? Do you want it you know, in 4K on a brilliant TV screen? Are you okay with it being on a computer-sized monitor? Are you okay with it being on your Pixel, your tablet, what have you? Uh, so no, you do not need it to play Scarlet, whatever that, that offering is, but you you do gain benefits with local hardware, but the reality is the majority of people are moving to digital fronts, digital systems, and streaming unto themselves. PlayStation Now is on board with the download program as well. So I think you don't need Scarlet, but the reality is you'll want Scarlet for the first few years of, of that generation before we do phase away from hardware. Mm-hmm. And Finn. Yeah, I mean, I echo Luke's thoughts on that because if it lives up to the promise uh, I I can't see why. If you wanted to play the next Halo game, and you wanted to play it on XCloud, why it wouldn't be as good as Scarlet, depending on your internet connection, sure. uh, depending on on what you can get to. Um, it may not be like he said, 4K. May not be Dolby Atmos. May not be all the glorious uh, accoutrements that comes with having a console. But mm-hmm. uh, would you need one? No. Will I still buy one? Yes. Because I prefer having mm-hmm. the thing in front of me that processes. Um, but xCloud will be great to supplement when I travel. That, that's going to be perfect for me. Do X-Cloud I need one? The... Go ahead, Donnie. 
I do need one. I need one in my veins. I need one in my house, like right away. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely need one. I'm very excited uh, to buy Scarlet, and I can't wait to see it. And once they show us all those, like those pretty, like low zoom pictures over the corner as the light bounces off of the plastic, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be lost in it forever. Larry There's nothing Herb with the white gloves unboxing. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing quite like old reliable, man. Uh-huh. Like when my internet goes out. What am I going to xCloud then? Like, no, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Now, my internet doesn't go out all the time and all that, you know, but yes, I'm very, very excited and I need Scarlet. xCloud is for a couple different types of consumers. The high-end guys like us that want to test new tech or that want to, you know, go down and join our wives or our family in the other room for a little bit, play a few matches of whatever, you know, Gears or Call of Duty while we're away from our primary source. But it's also for the people that are going to be this Black Friday picking up an Xbox One S for 150 bucks, and they're just playing, getting it because it's cheap, and they just want to jump in and try out, you know, a few things. XCloud is going to bring opportunity to to those kind of middle tier gamers, and also to those who may not have the funding for new hardware or the 4K yep. TV, what have you, but they still want to jump in with their buddies and play. And that's something, if you can pop in Sea of Thieves, Gears, Call of Duty, Halo, what have you, and just say, yeah, of course, Donnie, I'll play for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and I'm sitting in bed the way I do with my Switch, or the way, you know, you're, you're at a hotel and you just pop on the Wi-Fi and it works. Mm-hmm. There's something to that. Well, you know, I don't want to just keep harping on Stadium for this show, but the, the other point I would like to make is that with, with Scarlet, they have the best of both worlds, and that's ultimately their biggest advantage. Mm-hmm. K's content and everything, it's you don't have to stream. You can stream. You have XCloud, you can stream. And like what a great Trojan horse that is. Because how many Xbox players are going to try XCloud just because they have an Xbox? Mm-hmm. And that's something that Stadia just doesn't have. Like there are people that are immediately adverse to it. They're like, wait a minute. I, I don't get to buy it. I have to buy the game and I don't own it and I have to stream it. Like that's an immediate no-go for them. But if they already have an Xbox, it's like, oh. I can play Halo from my office on my phone. They're totally going to give that a try. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the best thing about it is right now is that it's optional. But you still have good old faithful local hardware. Go buy your game on a disc and plug it in Xbox. And that's staying the same. And I think that comfort food is going to appeal to a lot of folks that grew up conditioned this way until the folks behind us, you know, the younger millennial folks come up and replace us as like the core consumer market folks. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, Were there boomer. Any other questions? <laughs> Were there any other questions here on the XCloud spot? Nope, that's it. Okay. So, due to time, I'm going to blaze through the rest of these announcements. If there's anything specific that you guys want to speak about, feel free to hop in. Um, there will be Black Friday deals. The Yakuza series is coming to Game Pass and Xbox. So, the first time on Xbox, it's also coming to Game Pass. How great is that? That's going to be in early 2020. Um, they have a Drake Hollow trailer that they show. They talked about Xbox All Access. The Fall of Reach is going to be on December third, and I don't, I could, didn't catch if that was on console, PC, or both. Both, both, both. Okay. both yeah. There's, some, but there, there's some time delays for certain rollout portions of it. But yeah, Reach is going to be there for console players. And you know the Yakuza thing. You couple that announcement, Nate, with, uh, with the. The Yakuza with with Final Fantasy with mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. There's yeah. something special in that because they are trying to appeal to different different demographics and sell in markets that they haven't before, and allow others to realize that hey, it's not we're not just an American company, an American place. We want uh, brands from all over to be here. They want that Japanese market. They're trying to get into that Korean market. They want to show everybody that fans of those of those games that are in within that you know subcategory. I think that's fantastic. And what a big get for them to pull all those in. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, talking about xCloud as well, and xCloud being part of Game Pass, and Yakuza going into Game Pass, and the Final Fantasy games and Kingdom Hearts going into Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Could this be their opening salvo play to really try to break into that, that Asian market with mm-hmm. streaming? That That's their big focus is streaming, not the console. They can leave the console for the other, other countries, but for for Tokyo and for people in Japan and people over in there in Korea, they have, I think, they have really great internet and everything over there. Yeah, so they streaming games on Switch over there. Yeah, that, so and that's my that's yes, it. that's the next that's the next point is that they're they're hitting these devices, these screens. They talk about two billion screens out there that they want to get to. The next step is Switch. They want to do that. That is something the Xbox clearly wants. They are. They are working hard to gain favor with Nintendo, with Nintendo fans, to get their brand in there. And this is how they will attack that that Asian market uh, and the various sub-markets within them because those are huge markets. They had India listed. When they talked about bringing xCloud to India and getting into that market, that is a huge potential revenue stream for them, a huge, amount, a huge player base that – to my knowledge, most companies haven't truly attacked, at least on the same levels, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I truly think that you'll see the Switch as the next salvo into that Asian market, kind of in that second wave. The Switch or its successor, whatever is able to. But if you're able to stream, what is it, Resident Evil 7 onto a Switch and a few others, then they're absolutely working to get that technology up and running. Uh, if only to say, hey, Nintendo, it works. Come look. Come at least see what we can do to get things selling on your platform. Mm-hmm. Next so I got excited. Oh, that's fine. Next, we saw again Flight Simulator, which again continues to look fantastic. Looking forward to that. Uh, Age of Empires Four, as was mentioned also earlier, gorgeous. Looks great. Hoping to play that, you know, whenever it's ready and just just load it up because I've always been an Age of Empires fan. And I, I love those type of games, but I've never played Age. I've always been like a Civ guy, but I get seriously lost in those types of games. Can we play that on Xbox or PC only? Uh, PC only, I believe, because it's heavily mouse keyboard, and I don't think sure. they've opened it up. So, Donnie, I expected that. If, if you'd like to, I would commit to playing with you Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, which launched today in the Game Pass as well. So yeah. uh, it's a fantastic. Age of Empires 2 is where it all kind of started for me um, as far as the RTS genre goes. Um, Crossfire X, again, talking about bringing it over to Xbox consoles, only to Xbox consoles, mind you, uh, and they're building that single-player experience. Uh, the last stop was also a game that they talked about was kind of like a Twin Peaks ish. I kind of pegged this That's one from to Virginia Donnie folks. Yeah, yeah, that looks game. It looks so the folks made Virginia, which Kyle and Kevin loved, and we have a review on the site and many podcasts talking about it. Um, I wasn't as into Virginia, but this trailer has got me in all kinds of different ways than that game ever did. Like this game looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortnite again had a new bundle that they showed a. a teaser for minecraft dungeons is coming out april 20 or april of 2020 uh they had a demo for it that they showed there that boys and girls during that demo is the first time that i felt like the conference slowed down Mm -hmm. for me that was the first time where i felt like it was a pause uh and this was well past the halfway mark of the conference so just as an aside to me as far as the pace and everything of the conference went this was the only time i felt like it slowed down too much for me but I'm really into Minecraft Dungeons. I feel like uh, on Twitter and things, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of folks that are. I know me and Grouchy are. Uh, I really want to play this game. It 
like to me there, there's a fascination with it that it appeals to me because it's like it's a minecraft game that i can wrap my head around where I, I didn't have like the creative bone i didn't understand i still don't understand how they make cars and things like work and run automatically in minecraft i just don't get it right but this i get right it's diablo minecraft i understand it i get it i want to play it with my son and the thing that i keep kind of preaching about this game is because it's coming to game pass i can play it on my xbox but it's also coming to switch which means i could buy a copy of it on switch my son and I could play together in the exact same room. Mm-hmm. And if Grouchy does the same thing, him and his son can play, and all four of us can play together basically for buying two copies of the game. And I think that's really, really neat, like, use case. And I don't know. I'm, I'm oddly excited about that one. Yeah. Is, is Minecraft coming to xCloud? I don't know. I feel, I feel <laughs> it like it is. Me. I mean, it's getting in Game Pass, so that might even give you more options there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I just definitely. got excited again. It's so <laughs> cool. It's so cool to see that stuff. I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, and now the Final Fantasy titles were announced to be coming to Xbox Game Pass on console and PC. So for you fellow Final Fantasy fans out there, that's all not every Final Fantasy game, but a good chunk of them, including Final Fantasy VII, which is my personal favorite. Um, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, 13, 13, 2. 14 was also announced, I thought. And well. 14, I'm sorry. And 15. Yeah, 15, 15 as well. I have a list of all the Game Pass games. There's a lot, so it took yeah. me a minute to scroll through. <laughs> so it's really cool to see that those are all coming, and for the first time, the new Kingdom Hearts games, or not, sorry, the old uh, Kingdom Hearts games uh, are going to be coming over into the Xbox ecosystem, not to Game Pass directly, but they'll be first time available on Xbox. So that'll be cool. Uh, and also, Game Pass Ultimate members will get three months of Discord Nitro, so I don't know if that means that we get it now or if new signers get it. Um, but I, log- you... I logged in, I logged in a few minutes ago before the show, uh, Nate, and it said, reclaim your gift. Cause oh. I am a game pass ultimate subscriber and it was an option on the dashboard. I didn't, I didn't go layers in, but I would encourage listeners. If you are already a game pass ultimate subscriber, kind of delve into those, those, uh, reaches there. You might find something very good. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, also games coming to game pass notable to me, at least Witcher three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Donnie, you know I love this game. <laughs> I know you do, but you already own it, so why are you excited that it's coming to Game Pass? Game of the generation. <laughs> it's so good. Everybody needs to play it. Um, also, Darksiders 3, Halo Each <clears throat> by a friend, Pedro, Life is Strange 2, Yakuza Games, Final Fantasy Games, Flight Simulator, Minecraft Dungeons, Grounded, Bleeding Edge, Wasteland 3, and Ori 2. And then there is an ID at Xbox montage, which everything in that montage was going to be coming to Game Pass on launch. Mm-hmm. Game Pass is amazing. Uh, finally, uh, Phil Spencer took the stage. Finally, after all this, the penultimate appearance is uh, Phil Spencer. He's on the stage. He says it's all about the fans, and uh, they can't see a show where they're not announcing a new first-party game. We're seeing the the culmination of all the acquisitions. Everything's coming to a crescendo now where they're actually able to talk about what people are working on. So really exciting time to be in the Xbox Empire. It's good that they're they're finally starting to reach a point where they might be able to have um, an expected cadence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where every so often you can expect to hear from somebody because they have so many things in the works. Whereas before, a few years ago, we could go a year or so without, like, if they weren't getting a second-party partnership, you know, we, we couldn't hear anything. Now they've got so many things on the, fr- on the oven that every now and so often we can expect to pull things out. That's very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Uh, and they closed on Wasteland 3, which is a game that I'll probably never play. You guys? I think so, yeah. 
Okay. I, I think it looks cool. I'm more interested than I was. I, I've never been into the Wasteland games, but this guy, I mean, like their their sales pitch on it, it, it sells me on it, and it looks cool. Like it. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm with you there. I've never been into it, but this pitch is getting to me. I, I think mm-hmm. it looks Wasteland three looks cool in a way that I haven't expected the other way. I think it's like the eighties thing, like mm-hmm. the whole vibe. Like I, I want to play, I want to try it. I'll put it that way. I want to try it. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, there are layers to this cadence you're talking about. The idea that we are entering a phase where we're going to have at minimum one Xbox game studio game, a quarter at minimum. That's cool. And I go back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show, having a game or a game kind of proper or game primary flagship for a studio. And then them having a second and third team working on things, not tier, but team. Mm-hmm. I love that. The idea that we're going to have your triple A's, your double A's, your indies within XGS. I yeah. really dig that. I think that's a cool concept and I hope it continues at that rate. And that the seeds that we were laying kind of XO 18, when they were acquiring those new studios, they're already bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1000%. And that's, I mean, that's how PlayStation fans have felt for years now. And mm-hmm. it's, it's good that Xbox finally getting to that level. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. Donnie, we got some questions or are we all good? No, we got some questions, but I do want to say, I mean, uh, I just want to say Streets of Rage 4 was in that thing. Streets the of Red, Rage. The Red Lantern, which is a dog sled game. I'm looking forward to that. That's launching game and game pass, like all kinds of stuff. You guys have got to get out there and look the, uh, look up the uh, the Talos Principle, which is another one I think a lot of people are looking forward to. Mm-hmm. There's so many. Carry On. Carry On, yes. That's yes. That yep. looks really cool. So there's a lot of stuff coming. and uh, But we do. Um, let's see here. How do I want to Cyber, do this? Oh, can I? Can we give a shout out to Cyber Shadow? Sure. Cyber Shadow is published by Yacht Club Games. It's made by a guy named Mecha Skull. We played it at uh, FanFest this past summer, but it's it's made by like one or two guys. I think Mecha Skull is just one one gentleman, a Finnish developer. But Yacht Club is is publishing it, and it is an ode to Ninja Gaiden fans and Contra fans, kind of mixed together. Super cool. Put it on your radar, guys. That is that is one to look at for sure. Nice tunic. Wasn't here oh. today, but I'm still looking for it. I'm still looking at it. All right. So, uh, Nathan, I'm going to hijack your show here because I got two quotes from Phil Spencer. Okay. The first one, quote, I would say that learning experience from Xbox One generation is we will not be out of position on power or price. In an interview with The Verge, he said, quote, if you remember the beginning of this genera- generation, we were $100 more expensive, and yes, we were less powerful. We started Project Scarlet with this leadership team in place, and we have a goal of having market success. Mm-hmm. To make you feel good going to Scarlet, there have been a lot of rumors going around. We've talked about them about how the PlayStation 5 stacks up with the Xbox. And um, we've said it. We don't expect Xbox to let, to let that fly. And it, it seems like Phil's affirming those. Uh, they they want to be, that's a moniker that they don't want to give up anytime soon. They don't want to have the most powerful console. Yep. Um, As they should. As they should with that custom hardware set. Like that X is heavy and it's got custom chipsets in there for cooling purposes. That it's good he recognizes that they were $100 too expensive and less powerful. It's good to hear that stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very reaffirming. The second quote, he said, uh, there isn't one focus. Hardware, services, software are all moving forward. In terms of software, I've heard the feedback about first party. We're looking or uh, we'll talk about more to come in a couple more games before the end of the year. We'll talk about Scarlet next year. So the question is, um, do we hear from Xbox at the Game Awards? before the end of the year we're about what, six weeks away and uh, if we do what do you expect there were a few absent things like we didn't see battle toads or anything like that today like is there anything that you guys think we will see or hear from before the end of the year we didn't really hear a whole lot about ori today we saw it but 
You know, like that's something we've been waiting for for quite a while. I definitely think we'll see something about Halo in the Game Awards. I think they'll 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 show a new trailer um, because that's the stage that you want to capture that audience you want to capture you want to get that those eyes specifically on halo uh, as your flagship game launching that next console and you know i don't think they're going to announce like an actual uh launch date or uh name before then or at that point i think we're still going to get that at e3 but uh yeah i definitely think we see halo uh, probably see ori um those would be two things that i think that we see and maybe even uh another new ip sneak hmm Luke? I think Game Awards, you see Fable. I think, that's, that, I think that's what you see. Like, what else is worthy of the Game Awards? Because Battle, you mentioned Battletoads. That game had to have slipped. That had to have been delayed. If they didn't put it in their 50-plus game show uh, where they montaged everything, that game had to have slipped, uh, which, you know, it's, it's a bummer because I, what I played, I enjoyed, but, I mean, it's Battletoads. So, so take that for what you will. I don't think Battletoads is on the level of Game Awards. Uh, no, so no, and I wasn't. Fable. I was thinking more of like a... Here's the new Halo travel uh, trailer, and Battletoads is out now. You know, like sure, something like gotcha. that. Yeah, yeah. I think Fable is the only thing worthy of gross attention uh, at the Game Awards that they wouldn't have shown in their own isolated publicity uh, message. You know, like what else do you put in there? Don't do this to me, Luke. Okay. Don't give Don't give me hope. I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't do it. <laughs> Kevin wants to know what's our favorite announcement from today. Luke? Ooh, oh, God, you went on me first. Goodness gracious. Uh, my favorite announcement from today. Uh, I don't know that it's an announcement, but I think it was the, the power message, the idea that, that there are second and third teams working under these studios, that there are things coming. That was the most endearing thing for me. Uh, when I heard that the DualShock 4 was supported, that made me ecstatic when I heard kind of proof of concept of xCloud that is coming to more regions. That's what that's that's what it is. It's it was the xCloud package message that it's going to be there for more people because I know my our, my Canadian friends don't have access to it yet. I'm getting to enjoy it like this holiday is going to be easier on me because I'll get to enjoy it. So the idea that xCloud is there for everybody, that was my favorite announcement that it's that it's continuing on pace to bring in more people and that it's not trying to st- start off at a sprint but it's running a, a marathon mm-hmm. and for me i i don't have one single favorite announcement except like the whole package of the show was done at a way that i think they finally cracked the code and to me that was the most exciting thing because they didn't meander on one game any too long they didn't have people out there on the stage for for too long talking about the things they had enough people talking that was meaningful and they had a lot of game content with the videos on there so they had a great mixture of what makes a good concise 90 minute package um so to me that was my favorite thing was just like the whole presentation was great but if i had to you know kevin if i had to pick one thing that my favorite announcement was it's that game pass is basically going to be part of xcloud or vice versa i mean that's Mm -hmm. fantastic my cop-out answer would just be to say Game Pass. <laughs> My favorite announcement is that Game Pass has taken over this company, and it is a part of every nook and cranny, and the revolution continues. Guys, like this Game Pass has momentum that's beyond, like, even Microsoft. Like, this thing is just, it's such a monster, and it keeps growing and growing and growing. And it seems like every time that they have an event, every time they have it, there's 10, 20, 50 new games that come in. There's all these new developers. We hear all the success success stories of people putting their, their stuff in Game Pass. And um, 
it gives me such an optimistic feeling about Xbox that just wasn't there three years ago. You know, it's question, like it's question for you too, then, because there is this optimism, Donnie and and Nathan. I'm curious what, what your listeners would think. They're going to run into a visibility problem. How do you spotlight Game X in Game Pass, Game Y in Game Pass? How do you make Game Pass marketable? So I'm curious what listeners think. Uh, to, to chime in on the PSVG Discord and, and whatnot, like how do you give visibility and not bring in so much choice that people are paralyzed? That it becomes the new store. Yeah. Correct. No, so I think I think actually, I think they've done an excellent job at that because there's always the discoverability. You're never going to know everything. Like once you get outside of 20 things, you're never going to know everything. So there will always be that moment where you log into Game Pass and you see something you've never seen before. That's cool. I like that little surprise. But when they have new indie titles that launch into Game Pass, when they have big third-party games that come into Game Pass, even if they're older, I think that 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 drip feed of announcements that happen every week, every month, every Xbox newswire, every gold store update. Like it's so, again, it's so riddled throughout their entire company that if you're paying attention to them at all, I don't think you can miss it. Um, and then outside of the folks that are paying attention, like the people that are not even us, they've got that little spot on the dashboard where they can always put a banner and they can always get a spotlight. So maybe they've got to, you know, they got to swap that out more often, but I just, I like that. I love that choice, that buffet, that re- that revolving door. I think that's its power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they've done an excellent job at it because even the app, the app itself gives you notifications. You know, so like all you got to do is really follow them on Twitter or just pay any amount of attention. And you'll eventually, even if you don't know every game that's coming, you know a bunch of new games came. And that's your motive to go click on the app and go look at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the discoverability is fantastic. The only thing that I'm worried about in kind of in line with what you're saying is right now, I think the choices of the games that they've been pulling in have been exceptional. And I want that curation level to stay the same. The moment they hit me with five or six games that really don't like, you know, attract anything out of me. If they, if they ever get to the point where some stuff starts coming through that probably really shouldn't be there, that people don't aren't very favorable on that's when I think that issue creeps up and it's like, wait a minute, how do I, how can I cipher between like these lesser known, these lesser experiences from the good experiences right now? I got to say not every game is for everybody, but most every game on game pass is like a, a worthy game of trying out. Like they're all good They're good games at what they do. You know, like mm-hmm. the lonely mountains downhill game. Right. What I found from, from Sean, when the game's amazing. It's really, it's really fantastic. cool. I never would have bought that game ever. Never. And if you'd showed it at me at, at an event like this, I would have, my eyes would have glazed over. I didn't want to like ride a bike down a mountain, but to actually have access to go play it. Now I see it and I get it, you know, it's a whole separate story. So I think that's the part that scares me about that is not so much. How do we spotlight the games? But how do we make sure that the games we're including, um, I don't know the right word without, I don't want to like say mean terms. I don't want to say like a game's trash or anything, but how do we hold them to like a standard? Cause that's kind of what it is. Game pass is kind of a curated list. It's like, uh, like when you used to go into like the, the blockbusters, right? They like the mm-hmm. staff, the staff list section. And that's kind of what this is like the Xbox staff picks. Like, here's what we think are great. This is game pass. I, I just want that to stay the same. Data is gold. Xbox knows my game style. They know the games I like. They know whatever I would play, and they can make suggestions accordingly because they have my gamer data. Uh, So if they want to make sure that I see a game on Game Pass, they know that I like Halo. They know that I like 
um, The Witcher 3. And so if there's a game that comes out that kind of falls in those lines, they can use their algorithms to market directly to me, and I will, will be able to see that game. And they say, hey, this hit Xbox Game Pass, you might like it. That's how they make sure that uh, they cater to every gamer as an individual. Also, you got to make sure you're listening to the Xbox Drive, the Xbox Expansion Pass, and the Xbox Empire. I mean, obviously, oh, we're true, the yeah. leading forefronts of bringing <laughs> the Game Pass news to the masses. Yes, the we together we are the Xbox Game Pass conglomerate. You know that's <laughs> right. The we're Holy the Trinity. Xbox Game Pass of podcasts. That's just how <laughs> that's it is. Right. That's, that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Calico wants to know what color lightsaber would you wield, and what kind of hilt style would you use? Oh. I gotta run downstairs to the basement. You guys talk, and I'll be right back. I, I gotta you get my to, I gotta get my you lightsaber. Have to, you have to go get a lightsaber. Are you I serious? Have to get my lightsaber, the one I built in Disney World. It's, doesn't that make sense for this question? That, that totally does answer his question. <laughs> if we're being honest, so let's give him. So we're gonna give I'll, him due I'll credit. I'll go get it. I'll be right back. Okay. Think, think the heavens that I decided to record video. Um, Donnie, I'll tell you, man. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm this not. Question, <laughs> okay, so this question goes through my mind all the time. Let's get personal with Ghost here. Hey, everybody. Uh, just just bring it in real close. I am totally Kylo Ren. I am caught between the light and the dark, but I could never wield a red saber. Like, I couldn't do it, Donnie. I couldn't do it. I think it'd be green. What's with the cross saber over his hand? That looks like that's more. that could be more it's, problematic. Like, that's a, you're just an inch away chopping your own knuckles off. I mean, first of all, let's throw caution to the wind. When you're <laughs> Jedi Sith, Dark Jedi, whatever you are, in between, you know, they're all dead. But his his daddy, I'm sorry, his his uncle and his granddaddy got their hands cut off by each other. See? He had to protect his wrist, <laughs> obviously. And the way to do that was to put an open open blade uh, in an available cross section, cross hilt that could easily cut your own hand off. I mean, I guess you know, when you when they get he into wants those... his hand cut off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he wants to be like his granddaddy. <laughs> when they get into those those really fierce like battles of will where they're sword to sword, like mm-hmm. being able to just slide your hand over, mm-hmm. that's got to be an advantage. Like it's almost what? like cheating. That doesn't seem fair. Hilt style. I'll tell you what I'd never do is that curved one from Count Dooku. So here's the thing. Now I'm glad that you said that because I don't know Jack about this, and I literally when we got asked this question, Googled. What is a hilt style? Like, what's Star Wars hilt style? Jedi Academy, man. You got to play these games. And the, hilt. the coolest one that I thought I liked was the curve style that Count Dooku had. I was like, that is pretty awesome. That is a great one. And, uh, and I uh, saw other ones. Me, just go ahead and tell me Jar Jar's your favorite character. Why don't you just go ahead and do definitely, it? He's definitely not. So I will, I will get out of the way of this runaway train right now. <laughs> and I'll say, give me the curve style and purple because it's my favorite color and that's that's the only reason why so only samuel jackson can have a purple lightsaber well only now nick there's fury. two oh, so he's nick fury <laughs> move over guy <laughs> all right nathan you're back let's hear it what is it all right if you're watching the video this is my lightsaber hilt we're gonna have to like now mark it as explicit i don't think you can say if you're watching <laughs> the video this is my lightsaber i don't so it's kind of like a ancient kind of looking and feeling. It's very heavy, by the way. It's very great. Um, yeah, you're definitely getting. You're definitely. How much did you pay guy. for this flashlight? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it, it's quality, so I paid enough for it. How um, much did you pay for a mag light, Nathan? <laughs> so you go to Disney World. You can build one of these. You can build all kinds of different styles. But this one is mine. There are many lightsabers, but this one is mine. How's a rifle go? Anyway, so. 
this is, if you can see, it's kind of like a, a gold, but silver. So it's kind of silver based with gold, kind of. Gold, accents. gold, I love gold. And uh, very cool, I like it. And I'll show you what it turns into when I turn it on. And if I can put the screw into it. Oh God. Oh, he's ready. It's green. It's green. <laughs> Xbox green, everybody. Of course, it's green. So this is my lightsaber. Sorry. Anyway, okay. Paul, that that's that's my answer. Okay, goes. I feel like I gave my answer a while ago. <laughs> so you said it couldn't be red, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm, I'm a lost soul here. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be. It'd definitely be green. It'd be, it'd be blue. I've gone. I see. I've said them all at this point. It'd be blue. And it would look like Luke's in Return of the Jedi. I really like that one. Now, when I was looking this stuff up, will you guys tell me what the hell is a dark saber? Ooh, a dark saber is. Oh, here we go. Oh, how much time do you want? Um, it's it's an ancient thing before lightsabers existed, and it was the cult of Vizsla, or not the cult, the tribe of Vizsla of the Mandalorians had it, and their leader would yield it, and it was fantastic. Is it in the new show? It was in Star no Wars Rebels. Oh, okay. Yeah, dark sabers are are like basically mythological weapons. They're they're impressive. Yeah, they're ancient. I want to yeah, change precursors to lightsabers. I'd like to change my answer to a dark saber. <laughs> if they're that cool, uh, the last thing I'd like to do is thank our Patreon producers that support us over there at PSVG or at Patreon.com/PSVG. Thanks, Callow, Barry, Chris, Devin, Kyle, Benny, Paul, Joel, the Professor Switch, Foss. Thank you so much for all you do to support us and becoming producers for all of our shows. Remember, we're doing the PSVG house party next year and uh, can't wait to share all the things we're doing to make that happen. Awesome. Uh, gentlemen, thank you again for joining me this month, especially you, Luke, for coming on over. Uh, tell us again about your show and where we can reach you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for having me, first of all. I really appreciate it. And if any of your listeners are willing to, to make the jump and subscribe to another uh, Xbox podcast. It's called Xbox Expansion Pass, available on all your podcast services. And I try to just be very thoughtful about how you know the gamerverse is impacting the Xbox ecosystem specifically. And I would I try to have that conversation occasionally. I'll have developers on. I on the last episode uh, I had the developers of Sparklight, which is a fantastic uh, Zelda esque Link to the Past uh, Rogue Legacy kind of combination game it's beautiful and fantastic i had the developers of them on to talk about you know creating sparklight um so i'd really welcome anybody willing to, to add one more download there because as, as you know when you start a new show you really want to uh you want it to be the best that it can and i would love any feedback and and support that you guys can offer there you go very good and did you mention twitter Oh, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Mixer at InsipidGhost. Uh, that's, that's where you can find me on the Twitterverse. And I would love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah. So, again, thank you for joining. It was a pleasure having you on. Donnie, so, where, where can people find you? Find me everywhere at Play Nintendo, Xbox, Switch, PlayStation, Twitter, all the things. Mixer. You need to change that because if they're finding you everywhere, it should be find you everywhere playing Game Pass. On XCloud. <laughs> Ooh, that that you know what? A lot of people have, a lot of people take shots at my at my my handle, but playing Game Pass is a worthy successor. I gotta admit, like that's that's very very good. That might give me second thoughts. How about, how about Google Stadia podcast host? 
Yeah, that works. That works yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Voiced by Nathan. This show is the Xbox Empire on Twitter. Uh, feel free to follow us over there. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, Join in the conversation. What did you think of XO18? Sorry, XO19. This is 2019. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, tell us what you thought of XO18. <laughs> well, you don't could. You could too. I mean, yeah, but this is way better. Um, so we invite you to come over there, say hello, and also the PSVG Discord, as we talked about earlier. Uh, it was kind of funny because I, I had my phone closed because I was watching it on, on my phone. And I opened it up later, and there was like 400-some <laughs> uh, messages back and forth in the Discord. I was like, man, it's been hot and popping in here. So if you want some good video game discourse across all the platforms, uh, head on over to the PSVG Discord, which can be found over on psvg.blog. Gentlemen... It's been a good month. We have uh, Star Wars Day tomorrow, pretty much, with the Nathan, Jedi Fallen Order. Nathan, Nathan hang on a second. Hold on. Let's it's go. been an excellent month. It's been a, it's great, been a great month. month. You've, you've raised hundreds of dollars for ah, kids. Yes. You have Star Wars games. Yes. We have EXO. You did Apex. Like, it's been an excellent month. It, it has been an excellent month. And we're only halfway through, which is crazy. Oh, and we've recorded the, the show already. We're not waiting until, like, the last minute of the month right Very, now. very true. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's been an excellent month. The month's going to end strong with Thanksgiving, Black Friday holiday, everything, all the sales on there. Uh, be sure to check out our Discord. We have a deals channel. So there's been a lot of stuff we've been posting on there, too. 60-inch 4K HDR TVs for $300. Yeah. It's been... There's a lot of deals going on. So uh, hop in over there and check it out. But I digress. Gentlemen... Thank you for joining me. And for you, dear listener, thank you for coming on and checking out the State of the Xbox Empire this month. And again, the Empire has never been stronger. This time that's true. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content. <laughs>